Hi there, and welcome to the Best Trainees Forward podcast. I'm your host, Mita, and I started this podcast because just like you, I want to be better at handling the challenges that come with adulthood. Let's face it, adulting can get really hard and confusing, yet our 20s are way too precious to just be wasted on drunken nights, mindless days, and being around people who don't lift us up. So if you're looking for a place for real conversations and honest opinions to help you through, you're in the right place. Join me as I chat with amazing individuals on how they have overcome their greatest growing pains to ignite that magic in them. Thank you for tuning in and let's kick off this episode. Hey guys, how have you guys been? Today, we'll be talking about the M word, which is money. Have you ever stopped to think, what is my relationship with money like? You know, money is such an integral part of our lives. But do we really know all about it? How to manage it so that we make full use of every dollar that we're earning, spending, or saving? I was thinking as we gradually wait for that time when we can finally dine and shop together again with our friends or just move around freely, I would like to invite you in on a money management chat I had with someone who is already pretty damn good at it. Nazlin, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Mita. Thank you for having me on Best Twenties Forward. You're welcome. It's an, <laughs> it's an honor to be speaking about financial management to your listeners. Well, uh, I've been a financial advisor for eight years now and run my own platform at SG Money Mindset. So throughout this journey, I've met many individuals from all walks of lives. Uh, They've shared with me painful lessons, hardships, and even successes when it comes to money management. Mm. So I think I believe everyone uh, on your platform has a story too. How you feel about your money, how you spend it, save it, give it, all comes from your money mindset or your beliefs about money. This can actually be made up of your own or even your family experiences and also what you see around you. So usually people don't like to have any money discussion because money talk can be quite sensitive and even quite daunting. So I just hope that I don't bore your listeners today. Wow, it's not about boring, but I think it's it's such a important and crucial time to be looking at our finances, actually. And um, I think we also spoke quite a fair bit before the show, and you brought up some pretty insightful money tips that a lot of us can apply in our lives. And one of the interesting things that you actually mentioned was the fact that you think that this lockdown is actually a good time to reevaluate our finances. What do you mean by reevaluating, and why do you think this is a good time? So we are clearly in a pandemic and possibly on the edge of recession. It has cornered many families into very difficult situations. As you know, some have lost jobs overnight and some also forced to take um, long periods of no pay leave. Mm. So why I said the circuit breaker is a good time to reevaluate our finances was because this is the time when we can actually disconnect from our external environment and focus on our life intrinsically. I'm sure you can agree, it's actually a noisy world of consumerism out there, right, Mita? Mm. There's a trillion-dollar industry specifically dedicated to making us buy more and spend more. Wow, trillion dollars, (laughs) that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, the latest gadget, branded bags, exotic travel destinations. So I think it's appealing to the YOLO life, 
And of course, it's actually hard to argue that because we, we work really hard and sometimes we feel that we deserve to be rewarded. But I don't think anyone has stopped to think about the credit card debt life or even the preparation for retirement life. Ultimately, our spending habits today will have huge, long-lasting consequences into our future. So now what we need to do is to ask ourselves, what kind of new habits are we going to relearn? Because now is the time to embrace new norms. There will always be something meta, even after COVID-19, that will make us worry about our money. It could be a car breakdown, a medical emergency, a broken roof, even a personal emergency. At the end of the day, it all goes back to um, effective money management. I see. Well, I think these are really valid points. I mean, just looking at how, you know, the US is doing currently with so much unemployment and I think a lot of them are actually un even unprepared for an emergency with no savings to kind yes. of like rely on, which is really very dangerous. So, if let's say you want us to start looking into our finances, right? Where do we actually start? I would say the most fundamental step in financial literacy here would be to distinguish your needs and your wants because they are actually two very different things. This will determine how you prioritize and spend your money. So, so much has been said um, during this time about essential and non-essential services. And here we can also apply uh, the, the theory of essential and non-essential expenses. So, with this ability to rank your essential and non-essential expenses, it will actually help you to do what's important next. It's called budgeting. Mm. When we talk about budgeting, like uh, what comes in and what comes out, um, it brings upon this point called personal cash flow. I believe that before we look into investing, we look into how to diversify our income, we need to first be looking at what comes into our bank account and comes out of our, of our bank account. And that is called uh, personal cash flow. Um, how can I better understand what does personal cash flow mean? Okay, personal cash flow literally uh, just means the inflow and the outflow of your finances. So to begin with, uh, for your personal cash flow, you must first know what's your take-home salary because that's the inflow of the month. Some people make the mistake of using their gross salary, which includes their CPF contributions, as a full reflection of their earnings. So, in reality, your, your take-home earnings are 20% less. Mm. So, if you don't take this into consideration, you'll be living a life thinking that, hey, I'm, I'm earning 5k a month. But actually, it is much lesser. So, even for commission-based or gig earners, your inflow will be very irregular and volatile because uh, you don't get it regularly each month. And most of them will get used to just spending as they go along when they receive uh, their payments. So, it is actually important to calculate your total earnings monthly so you do not overspend it. Moving on next will be your outflow. So for this, um, just take a hard look at all the categories you're spending on. If you find yourself living from paycheck to paycheck, or if you actually have surplus at the end of every month. 
knowing whether you have a positive or negative cash flow will actually help you achieve some sort of acceptance. So acceptance would be whether you have good money habits or poor money habits. And with this acceptance, then I think you can then actively make improvements to your financial standing. One of the questions that a lot of our listeners actually submitted is that some of them have actually gone to figure out how to manage or reorganize and reprioritize your finances during this time. Uh, do you have a way that you would recommend for people who doesn't know how to, like, how would you recommend that we prioritize our fin- finances during this time? Okay. So one thing for sure, right, I think we all know that COVID-19 will be sticking around for quite some time. So for now, it's important for us to all downsize our lifestyle so that we can stretch our emergency funds for as long as possible. You can start by being very frugal. Like I said, rank your essential expenses and non-essential expenses. Then you can cut back on those that make up the bottom. Another way would be to implement a no-spend rule. That will actually be a great start to fresh habits when all this is over. So you can actually divert these savings back into your emergency fund for future expenses. I actually recommend the 4-3-2-1 formula. I personally call it LESS, L-E-S-S. It stands for Loans, Expenses, Savings for Long-Term Financial Goals, and Savings for Medical and Health Insurance. So, How we break it down is you are not supposed to spend more than 40% of your income on any kind of loans. It could be a housing loan, a renovation loan, a student loan. Even uh, for expenses-wise, you're not supposed to spend 30% of your income on any kind of expenses. So sometimes people think that paying off your loan makes up a portion of your expenses. But what I'm referring to as expenses would be your bills, your transportation costs, your lunch, your grocery shopping, your personal shopping. These oh, all fall right. under expenses, yes. Mm. And then moving on, it would be to save at least 20% of your income for long-term financial goals. So this would be things like savings for retirement, Uh, For those who are already with children, maybe savings for education or even the down payment for a house. And lastly, uh, to spend at least 10% of your income on medical and health insurance. So I must admit actually, based on my experiences, um, there are many people who find it very difficult to limit themselves to the 30% limit on expenses. I sometimes have the same problem. (laughs) (laughs) it's actually a difficult process to lean your expenses but taking active measures to reduce it will definitely help you reach your goal what are some of the small goals uh we can set for ourselves you know before the circuit breaker ends like in terms of finances COVID-19 has changed our economy and it will continue evolving rapidly as you can see the way businesses are run has changed people are all working from home People might get used to um, having conference calls to do their meetings. So they might travel lesser for business. Um, How they commute and communicate for work will also change. Consumer habits and behaviors. So 
many new habits are being created as we speak due to circuit breaker itself. And once we emerge from this pandemic, we must be able to remain relevant and adapt and embrace the new norms. So you may actually start by building a better money mindset. Um, just start by relooking into your cash flow, implementing a budgeting technique, calling your financial advisor to relook into your portfolio is also a good step. Take action no matter how small. Celebrate the little wins to motivate yourself. Because I know mindset change takes effort, but every little change starts you on a path to building a better mindset. Mm. You know how they say that, you know, times of pandemic like this one uh, serve as kind of like, I would say, a magnifying glass and it can expose even deeper, you know, into the weaknesses and strength that exist in the way we manage our finances. Um, how can we plan our finances now till the future to make sure that we are covered against the risks, right? For example, maybe for a future down market or, you know, maybe a job loss or this very real threat of recession that's coming up. Uh, apart from savings, do you recommend any other strategies that we should adopt? Okay, apart from savings, you actually need to be well protected against any health and medical emergencies. Like I mentioned earlier on, allocate at least 10% of your income to protect yourself against these emergencies. By purchasing health insurance, it's all about transferring your risk. Mm. Are you familiar with the uh, sitcom Friends, Meta? Oh, yes. I yes. watch it still, still <laughs> <Okay>. today. <laughs> so maybe you can uh, remember the episode where Joey loses his insurance? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> the hernia so episode. Was, Yes, 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 exactly. So he laps his health insurance due to lack of work, right? So to remain in mm. shape and stay out of the doctor's office, he started working out and lifting weights, thinking that um, he will be able to uh, stay away from ever visiting a doctor if he kept himself healthy. Eventually, he developed hernia. He then refused to be examined because he couldn't afford to pay for the medical bill. So we laugh about it, uh, but it's a real life scenario, you know, you don't ever want to get yourself into a situation where your earnings is not even sufficient to pay your medical bill. And that's how one ends up in debt. So secondly, you need to ensure your money is working hard for you. Well, I know it might sound cliche, but it is what it is. You should not commit your life solely into working hard for the money. So if you find yourself having a budgeting surplus, Take action and invest it for your future because investing opportunities now have been simplified and they don't actually require a large capital. Thirdly, if you have the capacity to create multiple sources of income, then I'd say just do it. It doesn't have to be a huge stress-inducing business. It can be something out of your passion. If there's anything we can learn from COVID-19, it is not to depend on just one income stream. Wow, that is such an eye-opening I think insight um and yes I completely agree I think in this day of age you know there are plenty of learning opportunities social media has made it a lot easier for you to maybe reach potential customers so I completely agree with the fact that we need to have more than one source of income for sure mm -hmm. yeah 
But <laughs> on the other end, right, for example, if say I have listeners who have lost their job and, you know, and is completely lost at managing their finances, probably they've never really looked at it until, you know, this situation which serves as a wake-up call for them. What should they do? Losing a job is indeed highly stressful and traumatic. So it's important to first clear your head and make swift decisions. Discipline is key here. The worst case scenario is you don't have any emergency funds to tap into, no cushion to fall back on. So you need to immediately draw up a budget to leave and breathe by. It goes back to what I mentioned before, downsizing your lifestyle, essential versus non-essential expenses, Cut off your big liabilities if, for example, you have a non-essential vehicle loan. You need to consider selling it off because you just cannot continue living that life and create a bigger outflow. Mm. And what's most important is do not spend on credit as it is unlikely you will be able to pay the high interest bill. This is a formula set for financial doom. Reanalyze your financial goals. If you've been saving for retirement or children education, I'd say just put that on a pause for now. You can always revisit this when you have found a stable job and reanalyze your financial standing again. So once that happens, I think we need to make it a point to make health insurance and having an emergency fund the top priority. This is just offhand that I just thought about. And this was also uh, something that I was actually thinking to myself when I started my job, right? So when mm-hmm. I get my first paycheck, should I get insurance first or should I start saving up for an emergency fund immediately? Okay. I would say you should first purchase the insurance because medical insurance is actually not expensive. It is a very small price to pay to transfer your risk to someone else. Mm. If you start by saving six months emergency fund, which can take quite a long time, let's say if you're earning $5,000, six months will be $30,000. Wow. So yeah, for someone who has just started working, I would say that that is quite a big uh, goal that needs mm. time for you to achieve. So it would not make sense if save up that much money and then... But yet not be protected. Not protected. And then when you have to be admitted in the hospital, just a five days hospital stay can cost you easily minimum $20,000. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> so that's why I always say, purchase the health insurance first. That's always the priority because people mistake the price of hospital insurance to be expensive when actually it's not. I have this analogy that I always share with my friends and even my family. It's like paying for parking. It's a very small amount to pay but if you don't pay it, you get fined after that which is going to cost you much, much more. Mm. So it's the same thing. You just think it that way. You're just paying a small premium to ensure that the bigger bill will be paid by somewhere else. Right, that is a very good analogy and for sure it's something that we can apply to our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I also want to touch upon is credit cards or like loans. Um, you know, with this circuit breaker period, do you think that I should focus on clearing my debt 
Or if let's say I have some outstanding loan, should I actually wait until the circuit breaker period ends? Actually, you should consider calling the bank to restructure your debt. Inform them that you have a fixed amount in hand and you'd like to come out with a payment plan that can clear this debt as soon as possible because after all this circuit breaker period, right, it's a good time to clear everything as household expenses are now kept very low. Mm. We are no longer spending on transport. We are eating out less and definitely spending much lesser. Do you think that we should actually make full use of the payment extensions on like our, you know, our credit card repayment, our loans slash our mortgages during this time? This depends on your situation and financial standing. If you are again fully employed, then I think there is no reason to delay these payments as it will only result in a larger expense later. But if you are experiencing financial constraints, then yes, definitely. These temporary measures will be helpful to tide over this period. But it is a point to note though that you have to relook into this budget for the next few months and ensure that you include these different amounts into your future budgeting. Mm, interesting. Um, considering that most of our listeners are between the ages of 23 to 30, one of the things that I always question is, what are the right plans to actually invest in like between this age group? Because I get bombarded by insurance agents like, almost on a daily basis. <laughs> and as much as I know that they are just doing their job, I feel like I need to understand from a macro perspective, right? Which one should I prioritize in buying so that I just don't get sold just because, you know, <laughs> I have the budget for it and yeah. turns out it's not really important to basically have that at this point in time. Okay, at the most basic level, right, Nita, you should have adequate and comprehensive medical insurance, after which an accident plan will come in handy. Also, I would say consider securing a critical illness plan that covers early stages of critical illness too because of the medical advancement now, the doctors are able to um, diagnose critical illnesses at an even earlier stage. And when you have the resources to actually treat it, the chances of you recovering fully from it is also very high. Mm. So which is why a critical illness plan is very important. Ministry of Health has reported that the top five causes of death in Singapore are all critical illness related. So the sooner you realize that the younger age groups are not being spared from critical illness, the sooner you take action on this, the cheaper your premium will be, you know. I think mm. this is something that many people don't realize because when it comes to critical illness insurance, the younger you are, the premiums will be much cheaper. Mm. If you delay it 10 years later, let's say now for someone who is 24, then you tell yourself, oh, I'm too young to be getting this. I'll wait when I'm older, when I'm ready. And then suddenly 10 years go by. That same exact plan will cost you $1,200 more per year and you'll be paying this throughout your lifetime. Mm. Yes. So more often than not, when people eventually realize this, they can't turn back the time. They have right. to pay the higher premium for it. Mm. Yep. So only after all this is taken care of and you find yourself having the extra budget, then you can consider saving for long-term goals. 
maybe consider starting on investments. But I would say that if you want to do investments, then start with something that has no mortality charges because then this will only erode your cash value. So Singaporeans are living longer life, right? Cost of living is also on the rise. You need to plan early to avoid having your savings depleted during retirement as savings rates in the bank are no longer keeping up with inflation. So uh, on your point about um, the financial advisors, right? No doubt there are many plans, instruments, financial advisors, and even robo-advisors out there. Mm. Yeah, if you think that a financial advisor can add more value in your financial journey, I would say seek their help. Never feel pressured to sign something you don't feel comfortable purchasing. If you need more time, then just convey that to your financial advisor. I think we just need to learn how to respect each other's time and have open communication. And that's how we create the trust between each other. An ethical advisor will be able to address your concerns and actually put you at ease instead of pushing you and pressurizing you. Mm. I have a question, uh, Nazin. What do you mm-hmm. define as critical illness? Critical illness Maybe would give be... give me some, like, some few examples. Okay, I think the most common one would be cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay, early stages of cancer could be breast cancer cervical cancer then you it could even be a, a heart problem where you just need to do an angiogram that is also a, a early stage of illness a different spectrum of a heart disease would be having a heart attack so that would be considered a late stage critical illness mm. And even some heart attacks will actually require you to do a heart bypass. I see. So basically Mm. what I'm getting from our conversation so far is when I'm young and when I'm already, you know, earning some sort of income, uh, a part of, of course, Mm -hmm. doing good financial management and not overspending in terms of prioritizing where should I take care of myself financially actually relates to health like we should take care of our health get ourselves protected before the investments and the growing of the income and everything comes in yes yes exactly you get what I'm trying to say health is the new wealth well I guess that's our main key takeaway of the day health is the new wealth Thanks, Nazlin, for sharing with us such invaluable lessons on how we can prioritize our finances during this time. For those of you who want to find out more tips on how you can manage your finances, you can head down to SG Money Mindset's Instagram page at sg.moneymindset. I hope you've gotten something valuable from today's session. You can find out more information by following us on our Instagram at best20s underscore podcast. And while you're at it, do remember to leave us any comments and feedback that you might have. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Always remember to love yourself and find your magic. See you in our next episode.